stories, real stories from real midwives. This is Head On View. Day in the life. <laughs> she said what? These are our stories. Hello and welcome to another episode of Head on View podcast. I'm Carly. Laura. Penny. This is our first one we're doing via Zoom, so excuse the um, the weird stuff going on. Okay, but we have got Gabrielle with us today, who is nurse and midwife and also a personal trainer. So say hi, Gab, and tell us a bit about yourself. Hey guys, I'm Gabrielle. I've been a midwife for about four years now and a nurse as well. And have finally been able to implement idea my idea of Jillary Fitness, which is basically just pregnancy exercise um, instructed by a midwife. So as safe as you can be, right? <laughs> so were you a personal trainer before you became a midwife? No, no. So it was during my degree. So yes. I was working with one of my follow-throughs and she was a PT and she was saying how hard it is to actually find other people who coach pregnant women um, in exercise. And it gave me the idea like during my course that I was like, oh, that's actually a really good avenue to go down. And I kind of just got busy with nursing in mid and then it was only about two years ago that I was like, oh, okay, this is something I really, really want to do. And that's when I just started doing the PT course and I thought, yeah, this is perfect. This is what I want. Yeah, because, like, women don't do enough unless you're, like, really into exercise <laughs> and you're already pregnant. I think that women see it as an excuse. They're like, I'm pregnant. I don't need to do anything. When they should be doing shit, you should be looking after your body. We would all know during, like, antenatal appointments – women being like, oh, I don't know what exercise is safe or I used to do netball and, and or I used to be like this elite athlete and, and now I'm not doing anything. I'm finding that really hard. Mm. And, and you kind of just kind of sit there and go, you need to find a women's health physio or you need to find a PT who's qualified. But yeah. now especially I know. Especially yeah. never done, especially like would you look after women who have never done any sort of fitness before? Like they're a sloth on the couch and then they're pregnant and they're like, maybe I shouldn't be a sloth on the couch. Obviously, I was a sloth on the couch. <laughs> Laura, it does sound like you're saying slob. She's saying sloth. She's not being judgy. No, um, no. It's, it's the same thing. <laughs> no, it's definitely something that everyone can do. It's on Brands Cog that I was having a look at all the different uh, recommendations for different women. And basically anyone can exercise, even if you weren't active, you just kind of do less than people that are active. So what they recommend is people who were previously active three to four sessions per week of 30 to 60 minutes of moderate intensity exercise. And anyone who was previously inactive, it's two to three sessions per week, ranging from 15 minutes to, they didn't really give an upper limit, but they kind of just gave like a max of an hour. So kind of anyone can do it. There's just like a couple of pregnancy conditions that they say, no, that's not the safest. We wouldn't recommend anyone exercising. So in a standard PT course, does, you know, like Brad from Anytime Fitness, does he learn about pregnancy and fitness? If I was just going to a normal PT and was like, oh, I'm pregnant, would they know things to advise me? Not at all. <laughs> so when I was doing the course, I was quite interested to know if they did teach anything. There was nothing. 
there was nothing at all what? you kind of have to do nothing. your own studies mm-hmm. like your own kind of like obstetric courses and even when I was doing the PT course you know those like recommended ads that just pop mm-hmm. up on Facebook and stuff it was all these like do a six-week pregnancy course and I was like oh, I'm kind of interested to know what they would actually have in there so I kind of wanted to do it I was like oh no waste of money I'm already qualified but yeah do you concentrate no. on pelvic floor <laughs> I feel like that's a huge issue in pregnancy, huge. right? Oh, yeah, God, yeah. Like even in our midwifery course, I wouldn't say there was a lot on pelvic floor. And in the PT course, yeah. there was like nothing on pelvic floor. And it wasn't until I did a spinning babies course after I've done all of this. Now, that was the first time that anyone had ever touched on the muscles and the ligaments in the pelvis and how it then impacts on your labor and your birth and the position of your baby. And I was just mind blown. And I was like, oh, I can implement all of these stretches and everything to get people ready for their labor. So it wasn't until then that I actually learned stuff about the pelvic floor. It, it's just so brief at uni and it's so brief. I mean, they don't even touch on it in a PT course. So and, and it but really is so on and on about it postnatally. Postnatally. Oh, I do. Like, yeah. Pelvic floor, pelvic floor. And the women are looking at us like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you mean my pelvic floor? And like, whether you've had a Caesar or whether you've had a normal vaginal birth, it's important. And so many women... That don't quite know, um, don't quite know what you're talking about before you even get pregnant. This should be something a part of your body you should be able to know to concentrate on. Oh God, yeah, to work on your pelvic floor when you have a growing baby is bloody hard. You might as well like put weights inside you and then try and learn how to do it. Like that's hard. Who wants to start there? Like start when you no. have nothing, no baby. And then as you get further along in your pregnancy, your pelvic floor works a lot harder and then to work that muscle, it's even harder. And then to do it after you've had your baby when you've had this trauma to your pelvic floor, it's, you know. Speaking of stigma, you know when Michelle Bridges was pregnant and she was doing all the exercises and, of course, so to show media interrupts and goes, oh, she's hurting her baby, you know, something bad's going to happen to her baby. Oh, yeah. Like there's yeah. so much ignorance about pregnant women and exercise. It's true. It is. Yes. It really is. Yeah. Like I you would even like pregnant women running. And you're like, no. <laughs> like a baby's gonna fall <laughs> out of her run. or something. Literally, yeah, it's safe. It's totally fine. It's kind of like what you did beforehand is also safe during, just providing you don't have those big high-risk contraindications, like a, a short cervix or placenta previa, mm. vasa previa. Um, multiple pregnancy, like anything that's a lot more strenuous on your body or you have a major complication, they're kind of the ones that like Ranscog was like, no, 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 don't don't even try exercising. But it doesn't, it still doesn't even rule out stretches though. Stretches are still really good during pregnancy. It's still movement. Um, so even if you can't exercise, I still think stretches are really, really good. But the stigma is huge. It's huge. Uh, and I think that's why there's not many people that actually provide pregnancy exercise for women because they're kind of like, well, I'm scared. I don't want to do it. I'm not obstetrically trained, so I'm not taking on that risk. I just think it's so important. No one ever told me to exercise when I was pregnant. They didn't even tell you to go for a walk? No, they asked me what I did before and there was sort of a, before I got pregnant, there was sort of like a lull of about three or four years where I didn't really do too much. I maybe did a bit of running. I played soccer for about 20 years, but I definitely hadn't played five years before. 
So there was nothing really, and no one told me anything. <laughs> they just said, don't start anything new. And I was like, well. All right, then I'll just keep eating chip. <laughs> so, Gab, when you see people, do you see them face-to-face or is this online or, you know, do you do like one-on-ones, group classes? If I came to you and said, oh, hi, Gab, I'm, you know, just found out I'm pregnant, I'm 12 weeks pregnant, how would you go about setting up the session? So I'm currently still at the start of setting up my business. Unfortunately, Corona has kind of pooped on the main way I wanted to do it. So I wanted to have my own studio with very um, gestation-specific classes. So I want to group everyone to, into different gestations and then with that pair very gestational-specific exercises and stretches with education that's specific for that time in your pregnancy. So that's how I wanted to do it. But coming into winter and the last time Corona and this whole situation, I'm not going to do a rental studio. So what I'm going to do is online classes at the moment. And I'm in the process of actually setting one up through an app. Um, And when that's up and running, I'll definitely be advertising that. And then you can do it at home as well. So it's really, really easy. Um, but I definitely be want like I want to have my own studio where I can do all of this and really create a nice vibe for pregnant women, a safe, a safe space, really. That sounds good. Yeah. I wish I'd known you. Right. I wish I'd known you when I was pregnant, but you were probably very young. <laughs> I, was- I won't work out the age gap. I won't do that. <laughs> I think technically Laura could be your mom, Gab. So yeah. Yeah, if I was like a super young mom, I'm 43. I think from my 42. Um, no. Yeah. 43. And then what about postpartum? So, you know, our kind of, our standard line is, oh, don't do any exercise for six weeks. Is that kind of what you would still advise in your professional <laughs> exercise knowledge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would still recommend that six weeks break because, I mean, you have a newborn, are you really rushing to get off the couch and do like 50 squats? Like good on you if you are. Yeah. But like it's your light walks. Um, but to do any like kind of intense exercise prior to that six weeks, I think is just good on you if you're ready for that. But I wouldn't be telling anyone to do that. You're too tired anyway, seriously. I I know exercise gives you endorphins, but I don't think even endorphins helps you in the early stages of newborn hell. Endorphins make you happy, remember? And Gab, will you be looking at postpartum women as well or are you kind of more gearing towards people whilst they're pregnant? Yeah, so I'm mainly just specialising in antenatal at the moment. I might branch into postnatal, but that's kind of like a, it's kind of where my midwifery doesn't come into it as much. And and I wanted to kind of play on that a little bit more rather than just a PT. So I think PT is great for postpartum and then midwife is great for antenatal exercise. So yeah, I might branch into postpartum, but at the moment I'm just going to stick to the one area. What about people? So, you know, if you have someone, they're like, they're not pregnant yet, they're trying to get pregnant. And we're like, great, now's the time. Start taking your folic acid, start doing this, start doing that. Is there anything like exercise-wise where you're like, oh, you know, you're not pregnant yet, but it's great to start doing this and this and this? Kind of a harder one because like kind of that, that preconception there's nothing really specific because exercise it doesn't do anything like super special during your pregnancy like it's not 
It's not kind of like your supplements where like it can do a specific something if, if you're deficient in something. But um, I think exercise during pregnancy is more mental health and physical well-being rather than like fitness. So it's kind of a, a bit different. Like if you were trying to get pregnant and you were trying to lose weight, normal PT would be fine. You don't need to do pregnancy-specific ones because you're not pregnant. It's literally pregnancy-specific just for like the movement. So accommodating for your baby bump and your decreased balance and your more aches and pains. Like it's kind of more specific for those reasons, not so much anything like preconception. You can't spot train your uterus, right? Oh, no. I, I, I want my stomach flat. Well, you can't stop train your stomach, Cora. Oh, we'll push you then. What if, why not? So can, no. You can't yeah, stop train no. your uterus. That would be great. It would be awesome. Do you think women with stronger core muscles are better at giving birth? Do you think it sets up a woman to have like a better birth because they've got a good Core? I've always wondered that. Is that like a midwifery mm, combined so, with a PT question? I don't know. I guess it kind of is. Um, yeah. From what I've learned, having abdominal muscles doesn't do much other than reduce the amount of um, separation you get with your dram. So mm. having stronger abdominal So, Gab, just explain what a dram is to people who don't know. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's too many acronyms here. We're killing everyone with it. Um, so DRAM, so that is the separation of the abdominal muscles to accommodate for the growth of baby. Most women get it to a certain degree. It depends on the functionality of your DRAM, though, rather than the spacing. Because I know, like, when we're at work, we're like, oh, you know, if it's eight fingers wide, you know, that's bad, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, that's bad, but you could get a three-finger DRAM but not have strong functionality of that. So by that, I mean... If you were to sit up out of bed, does your belly completely rise and go out into like this dome shape? So that is like a very non-functional dram where you'd you'd kind of want more of like a women's health physio for treatment of that rather than like an exercise PT because exercise will make drams worse. But going back to your question, Laura, about having abs and giving birth, no. <laughs> Like I've always wondered Not that. so much, no. I feel like, you know, when we tell women you know, because birth and labor is so, it can be so intense and it's like, you know, running a marathon, you know, you need a lot of energy and support and practice. And, you know, that's why we tell women during the antenatal period, all these certain things to get them ready for their race, so to speak. And I just, I, mm. I always thought if I had had a stronger core, <laughs> I would have had better birds. <laughs> well, well, when it comes to the pelvic floor, though, it, it does interact with your abdominal muscles. So if you have a yeah. good pelvic floor, you're going to have good base core. So like your transverse abdominus, which is a nice big muscle that supports that pelvic floor. If you've got a nice strong one there, you're going to have a great time pushing out your baby because, hey, you've got a good strong muscle there. But... Yeah, no, I, I wish I wish it was like, oh, you've got abs, you're going to have a great birth, yay. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Case, no. I don't know why I think that, but I guess <laughs> maybe because I've never had strong abdominals and I've only just recently found out after 
being able to work my abdominal muscles and feel my abdominal muscles after having cesareans that I have a DRAM. I have a division of my muscles. Never knew that before. Um, and now it makes so much more sense why there's certain things I'm unable to do purely because I can't engage those muscles. So it's very interesting. Gabby, do you look um, at pelvic instability during pregnancy or is that just more postpartum? Pelvic instability would be more towards your women's health physios area rather than PT. Um because exercising when you have instability is horrific because walking on its own is a challenge. So mm-hmm. I I would definitely be encouraging those who have the beginnings of pelvic instability to seek more specific professional help from a women's health physio rather than resorting to exercise, which might not be supporting the joints. Um, I, I was actually talking to one of the physios we work with about exercises that can actually reduce like the pain and the likelihood of that happening and basically she kind of said it's it's strengthening the muscles because with the relaxin that uh, the hormone relaxin as it relaxes everything if you don't have the strong enough muscles to really keep those joints and ligaments together you kind of experience more pain so having muscle in that aspect is actually quite beneficial yeah, if anyone was having pelvic instability, I, I wouldn't be doing straight exercises. Women who have true pelvic instability, like they can't even get out of the car. It hurts to move their legs apart to even get out of the car. I can't imagine. You wouldn't even be doing a squat. Um, oh, God, no. <laughs> God, no. You can't even walk. No. You walk into the office and you're like, oh, God, look at you. They can't even walk. And how do you feel about things like prenatal yoga? Because I feel like when I was working antenatal and people asked me about exercise, I was always like, go find a prenatal yoga, like the stretches and they always help you, you know, with like opening up. That's sometimes when people are giving birth and we're like, no, open up, make room for the baby to come down. And so I always felt, you know, just myself when I was doing yoga, you get so much more flexible and, you know, you can move in ways. Yeah, no, pre, prenatal yoga is amazing. I, I would totally recommend that as a style of exercise during pregnancy because what I learned from the Spinning Babies course was the importance of actually having the ability to connect with all of your muscles and then relax them and also stretch and flexibility. Um, stretching all of your muscles and ligaments during pregnancy is so important. You'll reduce a lot of the very common discomforts of pregnancy, but then also Spinning Babies really teaches physiology before force. That's kind of their motto. So it's all about making room for baby by relaxing muscles and all the tension to allow baby to come down and get into the most optimal position. So for something like prenatal yoga, I'm so for that. That's amazing. Um, But if I was to teach that, I'd have to do a yoga course and I don't really want to study again. I think three times is enough. I'm done. (laughs) Prenatal yoga has been popular for years, even Back when I was pregnant and my oldest is nearly 14, I remember girls talking about it and I was always like, why would I want to do yoga when I'm pregnant? That sounds awful. But <laughs> now I'm thinking like, maybe I should have done, you know what? Because you I didn't want to do anything. This is opening up my eyes. There's a lot of things I think I should have done when I was pregnant with my children. <laughs> 
So, Gab, do you find now if you're working in Bev Suite with someone in active labour, do you find you do anything different now you've kind of done the PT? Are you like, oh, try and do this movement or this exercise? Like, are there any sort of hints and tips you can shout out to people that are really good things to do? Oh, goodness, yeah. Um, more so after the spinning babies course, rather, well, for obvious reasons, rather than the PT course itself. But, um, like a couple of movements to do they're really hard to describe they're a lot easier to look at so I would just recommend anyone go and look at the spinning babies website because they have literally everything on there I sound like a bloody promoter I like where's my discount code like you know It's such it's a great so website. Mm. I show women in clinics. Amazing. I bring it up on the screen all the time. They have like a mm. persistently breech baby, which is for anyone who doesn't know, it's an upside down baby, you know, head up the top, bum down the bottom towards the pelvis and a persistently breached baby that doesn't want to move, AKA my second child, like they mm. don't move. And I didn't know about these positions. And when you show women that website, it's so good because it's so visual. I remember you yeah. got that woman in for, room 14 at one time. To, was it lie on the, the side of the bed? Was it me? Yes, it was you because oh. you told her I was spinning, <laughs> the spinning babies and I think she looked at you oh. like you grew another head. <laughs> I was put in, went into hospital with my second child because she was what we call an unstable lie. She flipped and flopped and flipped and flopped. And I remember someone saying, like, you know, put your head down and your bum up in the air and give your baby room to move. And I remember looking at pictures and thinking, well, that makes sense. And and she did. She did flip and she did move. And when I try to explain it to women, they look at me like I'm crazy. And then I bring up Spinning Babies website and they're like, oh, I have to do what? Yeah, because there's one weird. It's some pretty intense like, moves. Yeah, there's one weird picture with like an ironing board or something. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because the angle of the couch that the woman is leaning off of for breach presentation, and it's just one strange picture out of a lot of normal pictures, and that's the picture that most women focus on. They're like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "That's a ironing <laughs> board." And I think it was just providing stability safely at that time for that photo shoot I don't know but there's some pretty crazy moves in there but they're really effective they're very effective yeah I've been ever since I did them anytime I'm in birth suite now I am I am the first thing I go into that room I'm like okay what's the problem in this room where are you feeling your pain we're going to do this movement we're going to do this stretch this position because this will release this and help baby get to there and then the goal is out so Every time I'm in I'm doing this. So I would recommend to anyone either do the course because it's amazing or at least just go through some of the photos and read some of the info. And if you can find a midwife who has done the course, talk to them about it Uh, because it's you kind of need someone to explain a lot of it to you if you're someone who's coming in without a lot of the midwifery knowledge. Um, But it's it's amazing. I use them all the time now. You're going to have to recommend Gabby to all your people, Penny. All my people. <laughs> all your people. I feel like you see a lot of mums who are then having more babies who are in that position where they want to do something different second time around. Is that right? 
A lot of them ask that postpartum fitness rather than, but I'm on the other side. Isn't that of interesting city, so. that more people are interested in getting themselves like physically better after they have a baby, but they don't consider that what they do whilst they're pregnant has any impact. Mm. <laughs> I think they're, just stuck, right? they're stuck for choices because I know I'm a very active, I play a lot of sport and when I get, you know, eventually get pregnant, then I'll be clueless because, you know, I'm so used to going out on, you know, netball court and playing tennis that not doing anymore is, you know, going to be quite, you know, upsetting as for the social, but more the physical. So you can still do PT. You kick my ass in PT, Penny. <laughs> yes, well, my, P, my PT actually, it does know um, a couple of like, he works with a lot of pregnant women too, and he said he had to get some special insurance as well for working with pregnant women. But can't you still play tennis? and stuff when you're pregnant you can but obviously it gets a little bit more difficult and you know I'm a very competitive person so I try to just go for no no, you're not and probably not realize (laughs) my my limitations but you know netball is out of the question so it'd be very you could do netball but until like a certain gestation right where a knock to the stomach would be you know it's sort of really up to sort of 12 likes a lot of people stop between sort of 10 to 12 weeks because they haven't told anyone yet and it kind of gets you know I can't play netball three weeks in a row and unfortunately netball is supposedly a non-contact sport but it's very physical like hips and elbows get thrown everywhere so especially you're playing mixed and guys just think Mm. they're playing basketball so you obviously you don't want (laughs) to play you have to say for 40 minutes of exercise to have those risks so Gabby um I'll be seeking you out hopefully sometime in the future. I was going to say it is definitely funny how people do concentrate on, you know, once they've had the baby, then they're like, oh, yeah, now we need to get fit and get back into shape. And then when people are pregnant, they're like, oh, great, now I can eat for two and just relax and, you know, I'm pregnant. I can just sit on the couch and not do anything. That's the plague of modern days. I think that's the mentality of modern days. It never used to be like that. Um, But I think that could absolutely contribute to a lot of the problems we have now um, with just babies in bad position, like not bad positions, just not optimal positions for birth. Um, Do you think we should make it more mandatory, you know, the first booking in visit? I know there's 10 million things we discussed, but to actually discuss more about fitness and well-being because it feels like most of the time it's sort of, you know, did you get your bloods, did you get your ultrasound, and that sort of becomes the main focus. I totally think that. I totally think that we should really be educating women on the benefits of exercise like I when I first kind of started doing it I wanted to look into all the research studies that they found on how exercise affected different aspects of people's lives and their health during their pregnancy and it came up with some like interesting stuff and stuff I was also like oh I'm disappointed I thought they would actually have a benefit there so it found there was huge impacts on mental health which I think is a very modern day problem now that everyone's a lot more uh, I would say open to hearing people struggling with mental health problems like in our profession we hear it all the time so it's fine but in like the general community it was never quite accepted it was quite taboo for someone to be like I'm struggling I have depression blah 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 but um yeah the impact that exercise had on mental well-being there was this one study I can't remember it off the I can't remember specifics off the top of my head the top the top (laughs) it was showing how three sessions a week of 30 minutes of exercise and they compared two different study groups and the first 
group that participated in the, in the exercise, they all performed Edinburgh scales. So 10 questions to, to kind of gauge their mental health. And, and they did some other mental health assessment as well. And compared to the other group, in each trimester, it was like half, half the amount of people reported anxiety or depression. So, oh, wow. and I just went, wow. that's huge. Like, it's not just like 10%, it was half. And even postnatally at the six week mark, the amount of people who reported anxiety or depression, again, didn't even increase from pre-pregnancy. It didn't even increase. But then in the non-exercise group, it was obviously a lot worse. And I, and that blew my mind. Wow. I kind of went, wow, it also had an impact six weeks after you have your baby. And given that women, I feel like women are so much more isolated nowadays because, you know, people can't come from overseas and, you know, we're so oh, much yeah. more, so much stricter on, you know, people flying in and out of countries that women, I feel, are more susceptible to um, depression you know, antenatally and postnatally because they don't have their support systems. So, mm. yes. you know, even now, especially, I feel like mental health is like the biggest thing that we're fighting against, like not just in pregnancy generally, but these women who used to have mums and dads come from, you know, all places around the world to come and help them with their grandchild now aren't, they don't have it. I've seen moms with like mm. their third and fourth baby. They don't know how to change the baby's nappy because they never did it before because the mother-in-law did it for them. Now they're like, oh, I've got to do it by myself. Clients have come in with mental health concerns and they don't have that social network. And, you know, I think it's great, Gabby, you're doing all those the, the classes and extending it antenatally and postnatally well because these women are also quite isolated preg- being pregnant. They don't know there's no sort of antenatal mums group. Some of them don't do classes because you know personal mm. preference so mm. it'd be really good to build that that social network and be good to reduce the amount of you know anxiety and depression that comes in those early weeks mm. classes in different languages <laughs> get your interpreter oh my God. <laughs> yeah i'll just learn no like the 10 most common languages and i'll smash it done <laughs> you would make you make yes, a fortune done. I want so many skills, you know, that's like too much study, but I, I really did have that idea for that. I really wanted to create, like when I open up my studio, an environment where it's a lot more like a, a pregnancy mum group, because the classes will be, everyone's going to be around the same gestation. You're going to have mates around that yeah. gestation. Yeah. So you're going to also have friends afterwards. You've got that connection during, and then as common as we know, poor pregnancy outcomes are, you've also still got that support if you wanted to reach out like you've got people who go through very similar things Mm. and I would love to have a studio where it really takes into account people who don't speak English and I think they're the people who struggle the most oh absolutely that would be amazing that would be amazing all of us just go and learn that okay next week we all just go and learn a language done well (laughs) thank you so much for joining us today Gabby now did anyone have any final thoughts or any final things they want to say on the topic gabby a little bit of a plug yeah Yeah. give yourself a plug we will tag you as well in the post but yeah where where can we find information on you cool so i've got a couple of different social platforms going they're still in the beginning phase so give them a follow for a lot more to come so i've got a youtube channel and on that channel i put 
exercise modifications. So not so much full workouts. So I do like, you can take a squat and here's how you can make it more achievable. If you've got this kind of um, thing going on in your pregnancy, I put a lot of regressions of exercises on there. So if you're struggling to do like a basic squat, there's a couple of regressions to make it easier. So you can still get the same muscle workout but it's just easier and accommodates for your pregnancy. So that's kind of what the YouTube channel is about. And then I've also got an Instagram page. So G Laurie Fitness, that's more of like a pregnancy education um, with little snapshots of um, exercise videos on there. And the same goes with Facebook. That's the same. And I've also just got TikTok. I've joined, I've joined the cult. <laughs> I'm going to be putting videos on there too. Cool. Well, Thank you so much. I will tag all of those pages on at post so you can find them all. And thanks for listening, guys. As always, give us a follow on Insta, Head On View Podcast. Any topics or anything you want us to chat about, just send us a message and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. And be sure to tune in next time for more laughs, thrills and real stories from real midwives on Head On View. I didn't know it was still recording.